Today's show is sponsored by Datadog. Datadog is the monitoring, security, and analytics platform for developers, IT operations teams, security engineers, and business users in the cloud age. Their SaaS platform integrates and automates infrastructure monitoring, APM, and log management to provide unified, real-time observability of their customers' entire technology stack. Datadog is used by organizations of all sizes and across a wide range of industries to enable digital transformation and cloud migration, drive collaboration among teams, accelerate time to market, reduce MTTR, and track key business metrics. Give Datadog a try with a free 14-day trial. Listeners will also receive a free Datadog t-shirt. Visit datadog.com slash cloudcast. That's datadog.com slash cloudcast. Cloudcast Media presents, from the massive studios in Raleigh, North Carolina, this is The Cloudcast with Aaron Delb and Brian Gracely, bringing you the best of cloud computing from around the world. Good morning, good evening, wherever you are, and welcome back to The Cloudcast. We are coming to you live from the massive Cloudcast studios here in Raleigh, North Carolina. Hope everybody's doing well. You're probably listening to this sometime around Thanksgiving, especially if you're here in the United States. But uh, another Sunday perspective show. We're going to dive a little bit, kind of a follow-up. I guess it's a follow-up, sort of a an adjacent show to one we did a few weeks ago. Um, we did a show on kind of how to become a product manager and, you know, kind of the the path that people take to product management, the different skills and so forth. And what's interesting, you know, we, we weren't really sure how that sort of show goes because I know a lot of times people tune in to, you know, hey, what's the new technology? Um, but actually the the feedback on that show was probably one of the, the, the largest we've seen, at least on on sort of day one uh, for almost any show we've had for, for a long time. So we thought, you know, maybe that form of show uh, is is interesting to you. And so I thought what I would do is kind of take that in a little bit of adjacent route um, and look at what does it mean to become somebody who doesn't do product management necessarily, you know, the idea of, you know, you create the product, you create the vision for this product, you bring this product um, <clears throat> to the world, and then, you know, live with this this product or service. But you know, what would it mean to become a uh, part of the technical marketing of some set of products or some set of services? And, I, you know, at first I was a little bit hesitant about doing this because I know um, while we have, uh, you know, for the most part, a, a fairly technical audience, if you will, I think most people would sort of say, hey, I, I bias towards, you know, technologist, if you will. Um, you know, I, I think what we realized and what Aaron and I have realized for a long time is that, um, you know, in order for things to be successful, um, you know, it sort of asks the question, you know, if you have a great technology, um, you know, do you even need marketing? Or, you know, is marketing nothing but just, you know, lying to people and sort of double speak and, and that sort of thing? And I think what we've realized in real life is whether you're dealing with a project internally uh, to your own business or you're out in the marketplace in some way, shape, or form, um, you know, marketing takes on a lot of forms. It uh, it takes on a lot of different uh, personas. It takes on a lot of different skills. It takes on a lot of different elements of what's going on, whether that's, you know, creating the actual stuff that we see and we think of as marketing, whether that's a website or an ad or uh, a webinar or an event, or, you know, it's the people that, you know, are, are doing a lot of the work maybe behind the scenes, you maybe see them or you don't see them, that helps you understand the technology. So that could be people who do what we call technical marketing, right? They're making demonstrations and they're doing, they're building uh, trial systems and all sorts of stuff. Maybe they are, 
uh, advocates and evangelists and people who, you know, DevRel, if you will, who are out talking about technology. They're trying to influence your decision as to, uh, you know, should I spend any of my cycles trying out this new technology? Should I download it? If I do download it, where's a good example? Where's good documentation, right? All those things sort of fall into the bucket of marketing. And the same sort of thing if you're doing something internally. So I thought what I would do is kind of dive into not only, number one, um, you know, kind of give a really broad sense of, of what falls into all these buckets uh, of things that would be called technical product marketing uh, of various ilk, but also what are the skills that you need to be successful? Um, what paths do people take to get into these types of roles? What sort of paths do they take? out of those roles right over time as they grow and, and advance and so forth. And so I thought I would dive into that after the break. Today's show is sponsored by Juniper Networks. Future belongs to the fast and the cloud is where speed happens. In today's cloud native world of microservices and containers, there's mounting pressure to deliver an excellent application experience. Enter Juniper Networks Contrail Networking, which orchestrates virtual networks and network services at the performance and scale required of the largest, most dynamic clouds. It's simple, open, and agile. Contrail Networking provides a consistent networking and security experience for multi-cluster deployments running in the environments that you care about in this open, cloud-native world. Don't just take their word for it. See how it's being used in the wild to scale network infrastructure beyond the data center and enable the next generation of enterprise and telco clouds. Check out juniper.net slash cloudcast to learn more. That's juniper.net slash cloudcast. And we're back. And as I mentioned at the top of the show, I kind of want to do this as a kind of adjacent to the, you know, how do we get into product management? What does it mean to be in product management? What sort of skills do you need? How do you be successful? Where are some of the areas to, to you know, kind of avoid or learn uh, in order to, to not have failures or, you know, to be, um, you know, have a, a growth path in that space? And actually... You know, I've seen a number of things. We got some really good feedback about the show, and uh, I've seen a couple of really good articles written uh, that I'll put back in those uh, show notes from the, the week or two ago when we did the product management one. But I thought what I would do is kind of dive into the the product marketing one a little bit, just because to a certain extent, um, you know, part of you tuning into the show each week is you're trying to learn stuff. And, you know, you could argue, well, you know, that's a learning activity. That's not a marketing activity. But to a certain extent, a lot of the times, the people that come on our show, um, you know, part of what they are doing, whether it's explicit or implicit, is, you know, they're talking about what they do. And talking about what you do, the communication of technology, trying to, you know, help other people in their mind prioritize, uh, you know, what problem do I have? Um, which problem is more important than another problem? Because oftentimes we have lots of problems we're trying to solve, lots of fires we're trying to put out, we're trying to solve things in the short term, solve things in the, in the long term. Right? There is a <clears throat> kind of constant thing that goes on both uh, externally, so people trying to uh, influence you, market to you, you know, that type of thing, sell to you. But also, you know, you're oftentimes doing this internal to your own company, right? And and you may not necessarily think of it as marketing because your title may not be marketing. But the activity of, you know, you working with other organizations, other groups within your company, other people, and, you know, basically, you know, prioritizing what you need to work on, uh, influencing them that the way to solve that problem is going to be, you know, path A versus path B, technology A versus technology B, those types of things are very much what would fall into some aspect uh, along the spectrum of what I would call technical product marketing. And so let me kind of walk into what I mean by that, um, just to kind of give folks a sense of, of what that means, because I think a lot of times 
you know, if you don't sort of live in this world all the time, or you haven't maybe been on the inside of some company or some cloud provider or whatever that that you know puts things out in the world, you may not necessarily understand sort of the scope of it. So, the first thing I, I kind of like to tell people is that there are a lot of different types of quote unquote marketers, and I'm just going to use the term marketers. We could say technical marketers, whatever, but but people who are marketers. And and keep in mind, you know, if you kind of uh, you know, go back to the kind of classic definition of marketing. Um, you know, you go to a marketing course, if you will. You take a business course. They're going to talk to you about sort of the five P's, right? Um, and I'm going to forget one of them, and I'm going to feel dumb about it. But it's, uh, you know, product, uh, positioning of the product, uh, pricing of the product, um, uh, promotion of the product, how much do you talk about it? And there's a fifth one that I always forget, and I'll put in the show notes just um, so I don't have to go back and edit this thing. But all of those different aspects – um, as you think about it, there's a lot of things involved with that. So, you know, let me kind of give you some things that, that people would typically call product, you know, call marketing, right? There is very product specific marketing, right? So people whose job is to make sure that when you go to a website and you say, tell me about this product, how much does it cost? How do I buy it? Uh, where's the data sheet that tells me the features? Where's uh, documentation that tells me how to use the product? Where's a license that tells me how I can use it or how I can't use it? All those things are very product-specific marketing things, right? They don't tend to be done by the product management team. They often are done by the product marketing team. And they're responsible for making sure that that information that you need, those things that align to those five Ps for that specific product are very well understood. And they're also, you know, trying to make sure that uh, when you, you know, go out and do a web search and you put in the problem that you have, right? How do I make my internet faster? How do I secure my iPhone? How do I, whatever, how do I, you know, unlock something that allows me to collaborate, whatever that might be. Um, they want to make sure that, you know, if their product does something in that aspect, that you might find it, right? And and their goal there is to go, well, if you have a problem and they have a solution, they'd like to, you know, kind of do some matchmaking, put those two things together, and then give you information that will help you understand whether it's a good fit for you or not, right? So that's sort of product-specific marketing, right? It's all those things. Um, and again, that type of person not only has to um, be able to do sort of what you would call, you know, pretty and shiny marketing, making sure the pictures on the website look great, the text and the context that you read is it's easy to understand. Uh, things are well organized so that you can figure out how much something costs. You can figure out what features are available, how to buy it, all those sort of things. But they also have to understand technology, right? They have to understand the technology of the product, right? They have to be able to kind of make sure it, it fits a certain way if they're positioning it versus something else. They have to understand those things. They have to understand the technology of, you know, how do I use search engine optimization? How do I use uh, cookies or, you know, things that might, you know, serve you an ad or help track you on the internet or, um, you know, customize your experience, give you a bot that pops up and does a chat bot so that you don't have to be bothered with certain things, right? They have to understand all those technologies as well as just, you know, being able to communicate. Next type of, of uh, kind of marketing is what you'd call go-to-market marketing, right? And this really is people who understand the nuances of, you know, how do we roll something out? How do we make, you know, when something new comes out or, you know, it could be brand new, it could be a uh, an iteration, you know, a new version that comes out or something that needs to go out through a channel. So there's going to be a lot of people that make it available to you. That's a very unique kind of marketing, right? It's an understanding of how do we get this thing in front of the people that potentially might want it, 
um, but also um, understand that the different ways that you might want to get it uh, might be different, right? So, for example, um, you know, let, let's use an iPhone, and this probably isn't the best example, but like, you know, I can buy an iPhone through the website, the Apple website. I can go to an Apple store. I can go to an AT&T store. I can go to, you know, various third parties. Those are all different routes to market, and they have different nuances. There's different pricing and promotion that has to happen. You know, so for example, if you've ever seen an Apple commercial, you know, it'll be an Apple commercial, but sometimes it's sort of an Apple commercial that's sponsored by Verizon, right? And they're going to kind of weave in together the, you know, what Verizon does versus what Apple does and understanding all those different nuances so that you have as a, as a consumer of this thing, lots of ways to, to get access to it and, and in the places you want to, and it's going to be different from country to country. It's going to be different from region to region. Um, and sort of, you know, understanding all those things, that's a sort of go-to-market marketer. And there are unique skills that are understood there. There are country-specific things. There are language-specific things. You know, there are kind of business relationship things. You have to make it worthwhile um, for people to want to put your product on their shelf, put it on their website, prominently promote it versus something else they have. And so understanding all those things are really important. Um, the next thing is what I'll call sort of technical marketing. And this is for a lot of the people that listen to this show, probably the most relevant because this is a really big bucket. And I'll say technical marketing, um, there are roles that are called technical marketing engineer or some variation of that, right? There are also roles called uh, evangelist or advocates, right? Sometimes you hear them called dev rel or other things. Essentially, these are people who, you know, if you met them at a meetup and you were a technical person, you were an engineer, you were a developer, you were a sysadmin, whatever you did, you probably bump into these folks. Uh, they're going to look like you. They're going to talk like you. They're going to have experience like you of being very hands-on. And the difference is their job is to be very hands-on with that product, but you know, be able to present it in a way that makes you go, oh, that seems to solve my problem. They've created a demonstration that sort of showcases to me how something works. Um, They've uh, created a system in which I can quickly log into something and get a free trial up and running. Um, they might be speaking in an event, right? Talking about why people might want to use this, might want to be talking about how this fits into your culture, right? So in essence, this is a person who has technical skills, hands-on technical skills, just like you. Um, they have uh, maybe better than average communication skills, right? So they have to be able to uh, sit down with something that's usually pretty new, understand that technology. So they've got to be able to to work on new things a lot. They like to learn new things. But then they also have to be able to communicate that to you in a way that, uh, number one, doesn't waste your time. Number two is fairly easy to understand um, because, again, you're busy. You've got a lot of different people knocking on your door, sending you emails saying, hey, our silver bullet solves this problem. This new mousetrap solves this problem. And they have to be very good at listening, right? They have to be sort of a two-way communicator because they're going to be putting things in front of you, either directly themselves or digitally through some way that you engage with it. And they're looking for ways to collect feedback from you, right? Oh, you really like this. Okay, what could we do? Oh, you really hate this. Okay, well, why do you hate it? What, what does it not do that we thought that it did, right? So they not only have to be good outbound communicators, uh, good technologists, be able to put things together in ways that are interesting to you, but they have to, be, have to be very, very good listeners. And they have to be able to listen in ways that they don't take offense when you 
don't like their technology. They have to be able to listen in ways that they can then take that back to a product manager and say, hey, um, you know, I've heard this over and over again from people in this kind of role or people in this sort of industry or people with this sort of use case, and it's just not hitting. Or they're telling us, you know, you've got it 80% right, but the other 20% just, you know, you're now introducing six new steps to them. And, and that's just not going to work for them. So, you know, everything within that spectrum and probably some other things that I've left out are things that could fall under marketing, right? And again, a little bit different than product management. You're not necessarily writing all the specifications. You're a little more focused on the now, on trying to help solve problems, help trying to introduce new technologies, help trying to, you know, get people to go, oh, there is a different way to do that. There's a, there's a better way to do that. There's a less steps way to do that. Um, and, and the thing about marketing, uh, if you will, and again, I, you know, I'm, I'm not sort of advocating that you have to love it or this has to be where you go, but I think it gives you a perspective is it's really about kind of blending together a bunch of technical skills, um, again, depending on what type of role you're in and communication skills, both, you know, the, the, the spoken, written, verbalizing, podcasting, video creating, demo creating outbound communication, but also the, the listening, Right, not only listening directly to people, but running A/B tests on you know, hey, we tried this and we tried this. This worked better, or you know, whatever it might be. So you've got to be very good at that. Now, the next thing that I'll sort of highlight is the big difference uh, in my mind between sort of technical marketers, uh, product marketers, and product managers is you have a little bit different timeline um, or a little bit different priority on the timeline. Right, both of you are trying to manage long-term sort of problems and short-term immediate types of things, the marketer tends to focus a little more or prioritize more on the shorter-term things, right? Like, how can I help you solve a problem now? Whereas the product manager is trying to make sure that, you know, the things that they're putting into the product, knowing that the product takes a while to build and so forth, they're having to think a little bit more. So they tend to prioritize things a little farther out sometimes than, than what's immediate because, uh, you know, they know it takes a while to build a feature or it takes a while for new hardware to get created or whatever those things might be. So again, a little bit different priorities. Um, and then the other thing that, that I think is, is really, really important is as a marketer of whatever ilk, you really have to be very, very good at not only understanding the technology and sort of translating the technology into features or this problem into a technology or something, but you got to be really good at understanding the business. And you know, there's a there's an old uh, saying that that goes around all the time. If you've never heard it, it's it's always sort of eye opening the first time you hear it. But um, you know, it goes something like this: um, you know, you you want to hang a picture, and you go to the store because somebody tells you in order to hang a picture, you're going to need a drill or you're going to need a hammer and a nail because essentially you want to put that picture up on the wall. Well, when you go to the store, let's say you go to a Home Depot or a Lowe's or whatever your local hardware store is, while the thing that you're going to buy is going to be um, you know, is going to be a drill bit or a drill or a hammer and a nail, the thing that you ultimately want is not a drill bit or a hammer and a nail or a or a, you know, whatever. You want a hole right? That's the thing you ultimately want is you want a hole because then you're going to put some sort of hook in and you're going to hang your picture. And I highlight that and it sounds sort of silly sometimes when you first think about it, but then, you know, you think about it a little bit more and you go, yeah, the problem that somebody has is they're trying to put a hole in the wall so that they can then do the thing, which is hang the picture. 
and, and ultimately they may just be thinking, I just want to hang this picture. I don't really care about the hole or the tool or the way that I do it or that it's level. I just want it to be on the wall and I want it to look good. And, and that's a hard thing sometimes for technologists to sort of get over, which is, okay, you know, are, how big a hole do they want? What, what tool do they need to do that? Well, you know, is the hole going to be level? Is this a, a picture you're going to hang that has, you know, two places on the wall and all these sort of things. When again, the thing that you're, person wants, your customer, your end user wants is, I just want this painting to be in my room and to look beautiful. And, you know, one of the things that a marketer, a technical marketer, whatever, has to be able to do is, is do that translation between the thing the person wants, right, the outcome they want, the thing that they um, perceive to be valuable to them, and the means in which you go about doing that, right? And, you know, there's 10 different ways you could hang a picture on a wall, you're not only trying to figure out, well, what do they want, right? Maybe they don't even want a picture. Maybe they want someone to come out and, and, and paint something directly on their wall. Who knows, right? But, but that's one of the skills that you're trying to do. And, and so put that in a technical context. Like, do they want to, you know, do they want to be secure? Well, they don't really care about being secure. They just don't want to get, uh, you know, fined by an auditor for having not complied to some law. Okay, well, that's different than saying I want to be secure. Um, you know, do I want really fast internet or do I want a great gaming experience for the people that are going to be using our game that we built and so forth? Again, very different ways of, of thinking about that. And that's kind of the role that a marketer has to take is that they understand business value. They understand user value, what they're willing to pay for, what they're willing to spend their time on versus things that they don't really uh, believe are worth their time, worth their value, worth their effort, and and ultimately worth engaging with you, right? And that's the thing that you're, you know, that you're ultimately kind of engaging with. Now, um, the last thing I'll sort of talk about is, you know, there really has been a shift in, in what you would consider to be marketing uh, over the last some number of years, right? So, for those of you that work in the IT industry and you've had some vendor come out to your your office or you sat on a webinar or whatever, um, you know th- that's what I would consider sort of a, a very direct or semi-direct sort of marketing, right? Somebody has uh, identified you, they've created a message around what they think you want, um, they tried to identify what problem you've had, maybe they built some slides, they built a website, they built a demonstration. Um, you know that's a very classical way of, of doing marketing. Uh, maybe they're, you know, had you sign up for a webinar, or they've sent you then follow-up stuff based on an email, all those sort of things. Things have really sort of shifted. And if you think about it in the context of, you know, what people did with software or hardware versus what they do with like SaaS services, um, things have really become much more self-service. Now, what that means is uh, as a marketer, you don't directly have as much touch points with the people that are going to potentially use your technology in the past, but you potentially also have a lot more digital touch points of the people that you, that you work with. So for example, you know, if I'm just collecting a, uh, you know, kind of a, a rundown, you know, name, address, email address, whatever, that can be faked. I don't necessarily know anything about you. And, you know, it went into a bucket, you know, the, the Johnny lead gen bucket, if you will. But if you're signing up for a SaaS site and you're giving me some sort of identity and I can tell what you're doing with that application because it's running, you know, in my SaaS service and I can track whether or not you've signed up for it and not used it, um, maybe there's a 14-day trial, I can immediately sort of follow up with you and go, hey, uh, Billy, Mary, uh, whatever, um, hey, you took the time to sign up for this, you know, 
was there something that we didn't do for you? Uh, you know, did you not have time? Do you want me to extend it for another 14 days for you? Um, was there something that you didn't understand? Maybe you thought it was something and there was pricing. So what we're seeing more and more with this is the, the direct touch point initially uh, may have less friction, less things that you would have done from a marketing perspective. But because things have become much more digital, especially as they become much more SaaS-oriented or using the cloud, and the cloud has some sense of, you know, directly, are you engaging with it? Are you putting applications in this environment? Are you directly using certain features and so forth? They have a greater ability to build customizations around trying to make your experience better um, that may come across as annoying. Hey, they're following up with me a lot more than maybe they used to. But they're also able to target you know, kind of what you need, right? Trying to figure out what you need a little better than saying, hey, here's a piece of software with 150 features. Um, I'm not going to come back and talk to you again for a year until you do a renewal. And oh, by the way, I won't have any idea, you know, what you did with that because there was no, you know, it wasn't running anywhere that I could collect any sort of telemetry or any sort of way of sort of knowing what you liked and didn't like and collected feedback. So the marketer role in all of its sort of breadth is really, really changing. And so if you're thinking about uh, maybe being in the marketing space, you really have to think about, um, you know, is, do you understand now sort of the marketing stack uh, that's needed to reach people, to communicate to people, to understand their needs, to understand their their desires, what they like, what they don't like. It's really, really changed. It's gone from, you know, lots of webinars and steak dinners and PowerPoints and all those things like that to, uh, you know, things that are a lot more sort of digital native, uh, direct engagement, uh, ability to follow up and all those sort of things. And they've, they very much changed. So, um, you know, I think if you, if you take the first 10, 15 minutes of this presentation or this uh, presentation, this, this power, uh, podcast about the scope of what's needed to be a, a successful marketer and the, the skills that are in that space, um, you know, a lot of those are gonna be really relevant, right? Know the technology, understand your customer, be willing to listen, be willing to be good at communicating, uh, create things that are valuable, all those sort of things. But things have really changed in terms of how they're delivered, how you collect feedback, what the the one-to-one, the one-to-many relationship is, the, the feedback loops and all those sort of things. So I'm gonna kind of wrap it up with that. Um, you know, I've gone for a little while now and, uh, you know, I think you can take some of that if you're interested in the marketing space, um, again, of any variation in the marketing space, um, and potentially use some of that to uh, to determine what might fit for you, you know, where your skills might be a good fit with um, the needs of, you know, different things. Or even, you know, as you think about how you have to communicate, influence, uh, you know, kind of drive results within your own business, and those sort of marketing, communication, collaboration skills that are needed, um, I think you can find, you know, where where it's good, where you may have, uh, you know, deficiencies that you can partner with somebody who has better skills and so forth. And I think the biggest thing to remember in marketing is that, um, you know, you oftentimes realize, I have some of those skills, I don't have others of those skills, how can I partner with people that have some of those other skills and kind of build some, some really interesting bonds around that. So with that, I'm going to kind of wrap it up, uh, this sort of how to be a, a technical product marketer in, in all the different ways that, that you can do that. Um, thanks and all for listening. Hope everybody has, if you're in the U.S., you have a good uh, holiday season if you're listening to this. And uh, we're going to wrap up. Thanks again for telling a friend. Thanks for um, helping us grow the show, You know, giving us feedback. Um, and again, we've gotten some 
some really interesting uh, people reaching out lately, uh, just asking for advice, asking for help. Um, always happy to help with that, whether you reach out via LinkedIn or show at thecloudcast.net. Um, always, helpful, always happy to engage with our community, help our community any way we can. And um, with that, I'm going to wrap it up. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to The Cloudcast. Please visit thecloudcast.net to find more shows, show notes, videos, and everything social media. 